Hi, this is Jenna Rainey with AD Coach, and today we're going to talk about 10 ways that I see advisors hijack their sales process. Over the years, I have seen a lot of sales process iterations, and there is no costlier mistake than zigging when one should be zagging. Today, we're going to talk about my top 10 cringe-worthy sales process don'ts. First up, we have requiring a mandatory ACAT in the second visit. Yes, this works. Yes, it makes your annuity application transfer a lot smoother. No, it does not separate the best producers from the average producers. And no, you don't want to lose the sale because you or your sales team makes this process awkward for your prospects. Some offices successfully ACAT in the second appointment, and some just do all of the applications in the third. Some offices that don't ACAT in the second but expect to go to full application in the third will ask the prospects for copies of their driver's license at the end of the second appointment to help set the stage for paperwork and to test the prospect's comfort level. There are even some practices that close on the fourth appointment. All of the things we just discussed are the right answer if you and your prospect know what your process is, you believe in it, and it works for your marketplace and your prospects. Please do not get caught up in the hype but please clearly define expectations in each of your visits for you and your potential clientele. Number two on our list is flying by the seat of your pants, and I am starting to see a lot more of this as production has really ramped up this summer. Dedicated case prep time can improve your closing ratio and transform how much your team likes and respects you. Nothing will make your operations team more frustrated than you dropping last-minute bombs on them five minutes before a client or prospect walks in the door. Have you ever heard the saying, poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part? To avoid similar pants-on-fire scenarios, we recommend identifying all of the standard reports and tools that you'll need for every second and third appointment. If you have the bandwidth on your team, they can send off for the analysis and do the basic data entry into your planning software. Basically, you're creating a template. You, the advisor, are filling that template out after each first and second appointment, and then the team can run and get ahead of you. This will allow for when you sit down to do your dedicated case prep planning, your life will become a whole lot easier, and so will your teams. We typically recommend blocking case prep time on Mondays or Fridays. Number three on our list is ensuring your prospects feel nothing except maybe confused. If your prospects don't own their problems, then their problems do not exist. Sometimes advisors have a tendency to skim over the prospect's problems. We're all guilty of this at one point or another after doing the same thing year after year after year. Remember, for many of your prospects, they hardly ever discuss their retirement plan and replacing their income. So remember to slow down in the second appointment to recap what was important to them. And if you can do it using their own words, it will become even more powerful. Then help them identify where their current plan and situation is falling short for them. Pause at each point and check in with them. This is good for you and great for your prospects. Remember, this is all about your prospects, not showing what you already know or how smart you are in identifying their problems. Number four on our cringe-worthy list is changing your sales process as often as you change your underpants. 
It's a costly venture to change your sales process based on a prospect or after every AE event. Certainly, sales processes have evolved over the years, and so should yours. But change should happen intentionally with data to track the outcomes. Take this bit of industry history, for example. Years ago, charging fees for financial plans became a very hot topic. Several advisors began charging fees without careful consideration of why they were charging the fees, how they were going to collect the fees, along with several other key details. For advisors who intentionally made made such fees part of their process, it did work well. But for those who didn't, they learned the hard way that you could potentially lose a $500,000 application because you're trying to chase a $1,500 fee. Be intentional with the changes you make to your sales process and make certain you can clearly explain all of it to your prospects with confidence. Number five, failing to align your deliverables and documents with your overall message. A couple years ago, I was working with an advisor and asked to see every document, report, white paper, consumer guide that touched their prospects throughout their sales cycle. I would tell you to do the same because it can be a very eye-opening experience. I then asked this advisor to walk me through her first, second, and third appointments. By the end, I felt like I was on data overload and none of it was connecting. After further discussion, we had realized that she had combined all of her favorite things from several different advisor sales processes over the years. Well, each aspect worked and made sense independently, when they were all rolled into one sales process, it just became disjointed and didn't make any sense. So take a look at your seminar messaging and your deliverable. Do they connect to each other? Is there anything that can or should be eliminated for ease of understanding? Do you have the common thread that connects everything together? And do your marketing touches correlate with that? In other words, guys, don't send the fiscal house white paper if you never talk about the fiscal house. Number six on our list is not tracking or reviewing your appointment and closing stats. I sometimes have a conversation and it goes a little bit like this. The advisor says to me, I'm not hitting my production goals. And my first response always to that question is, do you have a marketing problem or a closing problem? More often than not, the default answer is marketing, when upon further investigation, we discover it's actually a closing problem. Most offices have solid marketing data. You know, how many units did you mail? How many people RSVP'd? How many people showed to the event? How many people set first appointments? How many people showed to the first appointment? But after the prospect shows up for that first appointment, the data seems to fall off and kind of vanish into thin air. This data is key, especially if you have a sales team or multiple advisors. In my opinion, not having this data is probably the single most costly mistake owners can make. Advisors will sometimes throw money at a problem such as just spending more in marketing to drive more leads. But in reality, it doesn't matter how many leads you drive if you or your sales team can't close them effectively. Moving on to number seven, which is letting your associate advisors create their own process. Please stop doing this. If you are listening to this, you are likely among a very small percentage of very successful financial advisors in the country. Your new associate advisors are typically not. Your advisors should do as you do in every appointment. Of course, you can allow for personality differences, but even that can become very gray without oversight. 
If you are a chronic sales process modifier, you might want to think twice about onboarding advisors until you have a proven system to help retirees and close business consistently. Number eight, where is the file and who is Waldo? In between each appointment, there should be a clearly defined workflow showing what the advisor is responsible for, and it should not include or be a yellow pad of chicken scratch. The goal is that that file from the advisor leaves their hands as quickly as possible, typically with some form of either mobile assistant or copy talk. From there, it should follow a standardized process defining who owns the necessary tasks, where the files are stored, etc. If you're in an office where people are often asking, where's the file or why don't I have this report? Workflow creation can offer an easy fix. Moving our way down to number nine, magically disqualifying prospects beyond the first appointment. What makes a prospect disqualified from working with your firm? For some firms, this could simply be a financial limitation, while for others, it might be more clearly defined. Either way, your sales team and you should not be able to disqualify someone if you schedule a second or third appointment with them. We see this frequently with advisors who can't effectively close. We like to say, that's not a qualifying problem, that's a closing problem. Last but not least, we have number 10 on our list, which is cramming 10 pounds of stuff into a five pound bag, or basically a second appointment overload. This issue with the second appointment seems to have been created around the same time as the second appointment ACAP process. The second appointment ACAP process is simply to get buy-in to your overall plan with products and investment choices being discussed and agreed upon in the third appointment. However, I have seen one too many offices that tried to merge their second and third appointments into the second. As you can imagine, this does not end well. Here's a typical scenario. The second appointment includes a recap about the first visit, the prospect's current situation, the problems with that current situation, your recommended plan, your reports to support that recommended plan. And if you've crammed all this together, you may also be going into your investment and product recommendations. If you are doing all of this and you are doing this in less than 90 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, this is called paralysis by analysis. If you're getting a lot of we need to think about it responses or glazed over looks in your second appointments, take a closer look at your process and see if you need to unpack it a bit. Remember, ultimately your sales process has to work for your prospects and for you. That wraps up this edition of the AE Coach in the AE Insider. Your VP teams are very skilled at talking through sales process and the resources that are available to you, as well as the AE Coach team. And I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thanks so much. Information and views expressed are those of the author. Producers are ultimately responsible for the use or implementation of these concepts and should be aware of any and all compliance requirements of any broker-dealer or registered investment advisor with which they may be affiliated, the insurance carriers they represent, federal regulations, and state insurance regulations.